Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. doing man we've got a good looking bunch of people here tonight wow I'm, I'm excited now psalm 14 says 14 14 i believe once i got this wrong no 139 14 i thank you god close enough <laughs> for making me so mysteriously complex passion translation just turn to your neighbor and say god made you mysteriously complex Hey? <laughs> Take that however you want, that's fine. Whoa, man. So who's enjoying the worship series so far? Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the worship tonight. Shower. You want to know how to do worship? Just copy what they did tonight. That was, that was amazing. Where are the guys? I can't see any of you. Let's see your faces. Mandy, Brady, bro. Can we give him a hand? Let's honor him. Yeah, it kind of probably going to talk about, but it, it costs a lot. It takes a lot to do what these guys do. You know, um, anyway, I'm going to get into it. Let's just pray. It's a great idea. We'll hold your hands out. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing in our community. And we just want to just take the time now. Father, I just want to commit these words to you. And Lord, I just pray that whatever you want to say to us as a family and as a group of people that just want you, Father, that you would speak to us tonight about that. God, we just want to open our hearts to what you have to say. God, I just, yeah, I just thank you so much. I mean, I thank you for this community. I thank you for every person that's been brought here. I feel like you guys need to know that it's not a mistake that you're in this place, that God's called pretty much all of you, I feel like, to just, to really dig in here. There's something amazing that he has for you guys to contribute into this community. So Father, we just thank you for that, God. Yeah. And just reach your hands out to me and just say, bless the preacher. <laughs> Amen. Whew. All right. So I'm feeling like a little bit intense, a little bit silly, a little bit emotional. So I'm not sure what you're going to get tonight. It's kind of a weird combination. But man, I just, I just wanted to say, just before I started, that man, I really love this community. Now, when I was taking out my time just to, to reflect on 2018 and think about, you know, what's happening for 2019, I just kept getting reminded of how many, like, life-changing conversations I had with so many amazing people that go to this church. And the, the impact of living in a community like that. You know, like, don't ever buy a lie that living outside of community and separate is going to somehow, like, be good for you. There's so much that we gain by giving into a community and being a part of one. Anyway, that was for free. That's just, I just, I love you guys. That's what I'm trying to say. So, let's talk about worship. You guys feeling worshipy? Yeah? Hey? <laughs> So, like, 
I just wanted to say, like, first of all, I wanted to honor Pastor Catherine and Tom just for being open to let us do this, just to being willing, you know, like, we've talked about it a bunch as a team lately, but just for them to be willing to let us actually set aside services just to talk about worship is an amazing thing. I think it says a lot about them. So I just wanted to honor you guys where we are. Pastor Tom's here, isn't he, somewhere? Love you, Pastor Tom, and just thank you for that. Um, yeah, give him a hand. <laughs> so I think just to give you guys a little bit of a picture, so where this started for me, at least, was I heard this statement by a guy named Rick Pino, and he said, if you want worship culture to increase in your church, you can't just have great worship. You have to actually teach on worship. You know, because I, I believe, like, we've got a great, great team. We've got great worship. Would you agree? But how many of you are, like, not satisfied as well? Like, I'm not interested in just staying where we are. That we, we want to see God do greater things with this place, yeah? And in our community, in our church. And so I feel like, like that was, that's pretty much the, the biggest thing I could say is the reason for this is we want to see the culture of worship, the level of intimacy, the level of manifestation, the level of, like, our hunger and our hearts for what God wants to do increase in this place. And I'm convinced that so much of it comes from actually being intentional about teaching about worship and to use a Mark Greenwood term to frame up like what it's all about. Like what the heck are we doing here? Do you ever stop to think about like why do we come and spend 40 minutes or an hour if you're lucky, all right, on, on just on doing what it is we do? You know, because I think it's so important that we know, and that it's not just about a few of us having a passion or idea, but that corporately, as a unified group of people, we do this together. Because it doesn't work if just a few of us are trying to do our own little thing. It's so, so important that there's unity in what we do. Yeah, and that as a community, we're actually growing and moving towards something together. And I think it's so, we've got to make sure that it's so clear so clear in our minds and our hearts, like what it is we're actually doing. You know, because like how many know this isn't a show, right? We know that. I mean, I know, I'm going to say some things, I'll just say this. It might sound like I'm talking to like, talking at you like you don't know this or it's all brand new. I know that we know a lot of this stuff I'm going to say tonight, but I just feel like I need to say some of these things and kind of set, uh, I don't know, just make it clear about like what we're doing, all right? So hear me, hear the heart of what we're talking about this. You know, this isn't a show, right? This isn't a spectator sport, what we're doing. That means you don't just stand and watch. <laughs> it's really important that we see that we're doing something together. You know, it's also like this, so we've been talking about this a bunch lately. We like to talk about as a worship team that it's not like an us and them kind of vibe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, and I don't know, like it's kind of these little perceptions or things that I've heard people use that no one actually probably means to say it or that, but it's like there can be like this idea, it's like, man, it's like we're the worshippers and you guys are all like somehow the non-worshippers and our goal is that we're going to try and like help you non-worshippers do a little bit of worship before there's a message or something. That sounds ridiculous, right? But I'm telling you like, it's nothing like that. What, what I think, the idea of even calling us the worshipers, I think, is kind of like, just needs a little bit of tweaking. Because the way I see it, like, we're all worshipers. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. And that really, 
the only reason that we're up here, or the people that are up here are the singers and the musicians that have hopefully spent a bunch of time practicing the gift that God gave them to develop it, right? Using some excellence and to do the thing that they're created to do to help facilitate and serve us all together worshiping God. Yeah, it's not us trying to take everyone somewhere. It's like we are wanting to go somewhere together. Does that make sense? You know, I say to our guys, the only reason, like you guys get a microphone and stand up here or go over and do the awesome, this keyboard stuff. Man, the stuff Brett was doing on the keyboard stuff, I heard your delay, bro, and confident. I nearly wet my pants, it was awesome. But it's like the reason, right? The reason you get a microphone isn't to be seen or looked at, and you know, I'm not talking about getting all weird or religious, of course you're gonna be seen. But the reason you get it is because you get to bring your little bit of something that God's given you and you've created, and you're gonna come and help serve and try and help facilitate and add to one thing, the thing that God is doing in this place. It's not about, we're not doing our own thing. Does that make sense? Shabba. It's something we do together. And I tell you, our heart really is that we would continue to seek him together as a community. Now I'm telling you, I just wanna say this on the side as well. I'm seeing more and more just how much this worship and relationships and community and togetherness thing is just so connected. Like I noticed, I was talking about it with, um, uh, I feel like it's actually what the Lord's really doing right now. And I've seen it like in our team. The deeper that we actually go in our relationships together on the worship team, the more, yeah, is it? Lulu knows what I'm talking about. We were talking about this the other day. The, the more, the deeper, the, the realer, the more we engage and love each other, the greater the expression that seems to happen out here. And I think, I feel like that's like for all of us that it's actually got so much to do with worshiping him in a context of loving each other. You know, it's worshiping with our people. It's worshiping and it's not like exclusive and you can't join or whatever, but it's something so significant about doing this all together. You know, it's like, I actually saw it like, a, I felt like God gave me a picture that it was like every time that I chose to dive into a relationship or like kind of lean into an uncomfortable relationship or like, and you know, like those things that happen, you get the tensions and you can either choose to dig in or run away, right? You know what I'm talking, how many, who knows what I'm talking about? Come on. Speak with me. <laughs> you know, it's like every time I chose to actually lean into it, it was like, I saw it like this pin popping like a thin veil between heaven and earth. Every time that I chose to actually lean into relationship, it was like popping a veil between heaven and earth. Now I'm not talking about like our love and acceptance and God and all that stuff, I'm talking about like heaven manifesting on earth. That somehow, is it possible that our love for each other and our connection and our willingness to lay our lives down for each other can be connected to how much manifestation of glory we experience in worship. That means, it means something. That means that every single one of us has a responsibility to actually contribute to what we wanna see God do in this place. Because how many of you know, like, I've I got some visions for, the, for worship. And it's like, I know I'm gonna talk about all kinds of different stuff to do it tonight, but like I'm interested in seeing an atmosphere where like sickness doesn't have a choice to stay. It just, you walk in the room and God's there in this manifestation of glory and like it's just disappeared, right? Like it's real and it's actually possible. We can see that happen. 
right? Or like where you come in and you're demonically oppressed or whatever and it just goes, it has to go because there's a superior reality that's existing in the room. Now, that's the kind of things like, like I wanna see, right, of course, but I'm actually convinced and I feel more and more like that's actually connected to how somehow how we treat each other, how we love each other, how much we actually, and so that means every single one of us is contributing to what we wanna see. Every single one. It's not, it's not just the band like or the, the singers. It's every single worshiper in the room is adding and can add to this. Wow. So, yeah, heaven invading earth. Man, I just went so far off. I don't know where I am. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, every time you choose love, that you're adding to the level of glory in this place. I'm gonna say it one more time. Every time you choose love, no, you know, people may not even know or ever know, but you know, every time you choose it, that glory increases. <laughs> I got big crazy eyes there with that. Because <laughs> see, it's, it's not just about a single person either. Like we have already like amazingly talented worship individuals and people. But I'm telling you, man, this is not about like a single person doing the thing and they're the answer and it's all gonna happen. No, we were, Jeremy and I were talking about it. Oh, he's talking, yeah, I'm pointing to Lily. So we were talking about it on Friday and it's like so much we can see is there's such a, a like synergy or like culminating effect, well, that's the wrong word, but like a, a working together to actually make worship happen. Or you're like, man, we had such a great night tonight. It's like, it's not because just some worship leader did something. Sure, they did their part, but like the drummer did their part or like, yeah, the, the keys player, like the, the sound guy, my goodness, praise the Lord for good sound guys. Can we give Rodney a hand? Anyone who's ever had to leave worship with it, man, bro. Um, yeah, and so it's like, you have to realize like it's, it's all of us together that contributes to this sort of thing, yeah? It's not, it's not about a, a certain person. It's about all of us together, man. You know, because we're the body of Christ, right? And whether you like it or not, the worship team is a part of that body. <laughs> All right, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're amazing, man, our worship team. love worship teams. Oh, that came out the wrong way, I think. But... <laughs> man, and like I wanted to say as well, like we already have an amazing culture, right? But seriously, there is more. And I felt like, the Lord is totally calling our church right now into a new level of focus or a refined level of focus in our worship and our pursuit of relationship with each other. I feel like he's refining our focus in worship, the intentionality of it, the like, the like why are we here, what are we doing with this? And equally, this pursuit to dig in with relationship with each other. Man, it's amazing where we've been. Like, hear me on that. But there's so much more. All right. Whew. So, let's talk about worship. Now, I know there's like, it's such, it can be such a big topic, and there's like, for everything I do talk about, there's a thousand other angles and things. So, I wanted to try, I think, 
in the best that way I can is actually give you guys a definition of what I feel like best describes what worship looks like for me in this season at the moment. Does that make sense? So I just want to say, or give you guys like a little bit of my history too. So I've been a part of worship teams, I think, for nearly 20 years now. I think so. I was 14 when I started. It's my mom down the front too, my dad. Can you guys give me a hand? Mr. Mr. Demina Palace. Was it when I was 14? 13. All right, so 21 years, I think. Do the math. I think I've been a part of worship. And actually, coincidentally, my worship pastor is sitting right here. She like, the second row. Come on, stand up for a second, Aunty Edie. I call her Aunty Edie. My original worship when I started. How crazy is that? I'm talking about worship, and she's here today. I was, it is so awesome. Freaking out. <laughs> like, and I started, I started playing for her drums terribly, like a long time ago now. So like, all right. But you know, one of my earliest memories, I think, of worship or worship leaders was a fellow called Ron Canoli. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was like that was like back when worship leaders had some class. You know what I'm saying? Like they stand there in their suits, like just like this, don't even move, just do like the little sidestep, and it's like ancient of days, you know, blessing and honor. Oh, like just kind of like how you doing? Like, like this kind of. That was about you know like back when they had like bongo and flute solos, and my gosh, like bass solos that could make the the most like unwilling worshiper to like get out of their seat. You know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? Apparently actually Pastor Joel can play that. He can actually play that. I nearly actually asked him to do that, but there was, there was lacking enough relevance to what we're trying to talk about today, but I thought it would still be cool. FaceTime, <laughs> yeah. Man. And you know, like I've heard a ton of talks on worship, tons of opinions on worship, it seems like, you know, when you're the worship pastor, like everyone feels like that's their need to like let you know what the real way to worship is or like, you know, like kind of, I've heard so many ones and been a part of a lot of conversations. Um, and you know what, there's totally a lot of expressions, so like hear me. But I think if I could actually like kind of condense it down and kind of like get it into like the easiest or the most understandable way for me at the moment, I feel like you could almost sum it all up with just the word focus. And I feel like it's like, what are you focusing on? Or where does your attention go? Or where does like the affection of your heart go? Because you know, like I believe, how many know like we are actually created by God for worship, right? Like you were designed with the ability to give and receive love and affection. Matthew 6.21 says, For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. All right, that's what your heart does. It will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Now in the footnotes it says, or for your thoughts, and in brackets hearts, so we'll call it our thoughts and heart, will always be focused on your treasure. I'll say it again. For your thoughts will always be focused on your treasure. So let's just call it like, for now, like our heart, our minds, I will be focused. And to understand like the significance of the difference between that, you actually need to come to the academy. Mark will be teaching on it extensively, just so you know. Um, but for now, just work with me, all right? So, your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure, for your thoughts will always be focused on your treasure. 
So he's actually given us the ability to focus our thoughts on what we have chosen to love and to center like our affection onto something. Now, whether you feel like it or not, you actually have the ability to do that yourself. And then it says, like it says in Luke 6.45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the... <laughs> For out of the abundance of what's already going on in here, you then speak. So he's given you the ability for what's going on here and here to be focused in on something. And then out of that, you've been given this crazy powerful ability to actually use this, to speak and to declare and to express with like sound waves what is stored up inside of your heart. Think about this. Proverbs 8.21, what does it say? Who knows? Mark, come on. Hey. Uh, it says death and life, right? Power of the, of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits, right? So death and life. So think about this. Even when you're born, like say like Dave and Rena's beautiful little baby comes out of the womb with the power, right, of life and death already kind of given to them. And it's not kind of quite ready to go yet, of course. You learn to, but you have such an amazing weapon or tool at your disposal. Yeah, have you ever stopped to think about that? What power lies at your disposal? Now, I got a word. Is Dave Woodson here? Where's he at? I got an amazing word. Oh, bro. I got an amazing word from Dave Watson the other night um, at, after church. I'm going to try and do a bit of a South African accent. I'm not very good at accents, but he kind of said it like this. He goes, I've got a word for you. He's like, you are son, mate. <laughs> That's a terrible sound. Forget about it. He says, you are son, mate. Your voice is a weapon. Use it. He didn't kind of point at me crazy like that either. But he said, you are son, mate. Your voice is a weapon. Use it. I mean, if I could like give you all like a corporate prophecy right now about anything, how about we take that one? Everybody, look at me in the eyes. Your voice, no, you are a son or a daughter, whatever. Your voice is a weapon. Use it. <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 149.6 says, God's high, man, Shava, this makes me, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths. For their shouted praises are their weapons of war. Their shouted praises are their weapons of war. You have a weapon in your mouth. No, your voice is not going to make this. So use it. I totally stuffed that up. Man, see, like, this is the thing. You've, you've been designed, okay, with a heart, with thoughts and a voice that you get to choose where you're going to channel that. to focus your attention and love onto something and center your thoughts on that thing. And that's, this is the craziest thing and kind of the amazing thing. Because he's a God of love, he gives you the choice. Nobody gets to tell you where you center your thoughts, your heart, or your words. 
You're the only one that gets to do that. Like, think about that, right? Man, and it's like, you know, think about all the things. Like, let's think about it. Think about all the things that God has done for us. Like, I like to kind of try and get it clear. Like, okay, what's God's job? What's my job? I, try, I like to try and get an understanding. You know what I mean? Like, I like definition around what, what my thing is. And as I look in it all, like, you know, I can see, man, he's like, man, I've got your sins covered, blood of Jesus, boom. Grace, empowerment, boom. You got a new nature, boom, covered. Like, he's, he's done so much of it. And almost the only things that I can see that he actually gives us the responsibility for, if I can use that word, is the stewardship of this, this, and this. The same things that we get to decide where we put our worship. Philippians 4, 8 says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. So think about that. Like, he wouldn't ask you, if, if you didn't have the ability to fix your thoughts on something, you wouldn't be commanded to do it. Fix your thoughts. You do it. <laughs> I feel like all pointy, so it's my Macedonian coming out. <laughs> um, fix your thoughts on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And how's this? Fasten your thoughts. That means tie your thoughts up on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. That is our job. You know, you have, I'm going to say this, you actually have the ability to control your thoughts. The Bible says, and actually, have you guys heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf? Right, she's a Christian neuroscientist, I believe, that studied this for ages. And she actually says, it does not matter how sick or mentally challenged you may feel. We still have the ability to choose our thoughts and feelings. God has equipped each of us with all the genetic material and epigenic ability, no idea what that word means, to deal optimally with all the challenges of life. So I mean, this actually was like a, a, a bit of a turning point for me when I started to realize. It does not matter, so I'm gonna say it one more time. It does not matter how sick or mentally challenged we may feel. We still have the ability to choose our thoughts and feelings God has equipped each of us with all the genetic material and epigenetic ability to turn optimally, deal optimally, sorry, with all the challenges of life. Ephesians 5, 4 says, guard your speech. Forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, here's your instead. Let worship, what are the chances? Fill your heart and spill out in your words. Let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. Do you know, it matters how we use our mouths. It actually matters. You have a weapon. <laughs> and, and I just want to do a side note. Now, I know from personal experience as well that it can feel like your thoughts and your words are kind of like out of control, kind of on autopilot and just doing their own thing, right? Like, who, who's experienced that feeling? That you're, it's like, you're not controlling your thoughts, they are controlling you. That's a real feeling that's happened, right? But I, I had a, uh, a great, or actually Dan Sutter came up with this really cool example. Well, I think we kind of both did, but he kind of, he, he probably deserves more of the credit. 
So if it's bad, it's like, no. Well, we were, we were driving back from surfing the other day. Um, and it was like, he's kind of talking about, like we're talking about all this kind of stuff. And he's like, and this is my paraphrase too, Dan. Sorry, bruv. It's like, imagine that you guys are the proud new owners of a couple of puppies. All right? Yep, Mia likes that one. Good on you, kiddo. All right, puppies. You're the owner. Now, you are in charge of the puppies, right? You have complete control over them. You can do what you want with them. Say that for me. I am in charge of the puppies. So, now, you have a choice. You can choose to train them, or you can do nothing, right? They're still going to be puppies, and they're still going to be there. But if you do nothing, they are going to make horrible messes everywhere, right? They're going to make the place stink. They're going to, like, ruin everything. Or, on the other hand, if you apply discipline, patience, and consistency, like, me is actually a gun dog trainer. Like, I don't know. I'm definitely not. But, like, you do that, and then, you know, you start, you take them out, you know, every couple of hours at the start and let them do their little wheeze on the lawn and practice, and you train them. As you do that, how many know the end result is going to be joy? And a lot smoother, right? And I think... At no point, you don't, like, there's no point where you stop being in charge of them, right? Do you agree? And whether or not you do something about them is all the difference. Now, the thing is, that's a, like, your thoughts are the puppies, right? And your words. Sure, they can feel like they're in control. But we've heard biblically and scientifically, <laughs> like I did a whole bunch of research on it, but, <laughs> but we know, like, Biblically and scientifically, you are actually in charge. Have you ever worked out? Have you ever taken the time to actually start to take, like, authority over thoughts? Like, you know, going to the gym once is not going to do anything or, or see any lasting results. Like, it's like it actually takes time and intentionality to adjust those, right? So I, I just, I think, yeah, I just think, I wanted to say that, that actually, you actually do have control over your thoughts. You're the boss of your thoughts. But it, it takes something from you to actually kind of work on that, yeah? So, worship. It's about focus and where we place our attention. And we get to choose where we're going to direct that attention, Right? See, that's why, what do you think, like, the enemy, what does he work so hard to try and do? Distract you. And he's like, he knows that you are going to put your heart, your thoughts, your mouth, and everything you do towards something. So essentially, without trying to sound like blasphemous, you're going to worship something. And it's not always God. I know it sounds kind of weird. But it's like you're giving your attention and your words to, like, that's why he's, like, what, apparently, what was he kicked out of heaven for? For one to be like top dog or something, right? Like, I think it's this, it's an interesting thought. All he wants to do is get your eyes off. He's like, it's like this little kind of weird guy. Of course, like, hey, look over here, look over here. And you think about it, like, what happens when a situation goes on? What happens here? What happens up here? And what comes out of here? 
what happens to our worship or our attention when those things go on? Now, it's not about like being perfect or feeling guilty or whatever. I'm not talking about that. But I'm pointing out that I feel like, like worship by nature is exalting and magnifying, making large something. And his goal is to try and get you to magnify like, oh my gosh, my problems. To start thinking about it and start talking about it. And you know what I'm talking about? You ever done that? It's like in your mind, it's like, like you get a problem, whatever. It's like, oh my gosh. Like just, this is my mind talking right now. Oh my gosh, this is really bad. Fire, this is probably gonna get worse. Man, I remember what happened last time. This is terrible. And then your mouth kind of like joins in the chorus. It's like, fire out. This is not good. I, can't, I don't understand what's going on here. This is gonna be terrible. It's like I'm singing a song. Things are getting really bad. And they're probably gonna get worse. You know what I mean? This is what, that's what we're doing. He's trying to get you to use your God-given abilities, your heart, mind, and your mouth to start to make something other than him large. Doesn't make sense. Something other than God large. And I think, you know, that's the thing, that's the choice that we're confronted with every single day and every time we come and worship here. Who or what will have our focus, our attention, and our words? Who will we magnify? Our feelings, our opinions, what we think? Or will we magnify the superior reality of the Word of God? And you know what? This is the beautiful thing of being in a community that actually worships together as well. Because you might be having just one of those days or be kind of like all distracted. And I tell you, there's nothing like coming into a community of people that are just going for it that can inspire you to just like set your mind back on him. Set your words back on him. That's why we sing songs, you know, it's like it has this unifying, just like, yeah, this is who God is. Because it's cool, it's like, it's not, I'm not saying like, you know, don't have the bad days or whatever. But I'm convinced that he has an increased intentionality for all of us. You know, where we get to corporately fix our thoughts and our words on him together. Even while everything is going on around us. Man. Jeez. You know, and I've watched it time and time again. Like people in our congregation and men on our worship team. I'm gonna tell you, they practice what they preach. There's been times when like, I'm, I'm aware, like no one else would know, like all hell is breaking loose in their lives. And they're like, and I'm, you know, because I'm kind of, I try and be a nice pastor. I'm like, man, do you want to like have a service off? Like we'll sort something out or whatever. And I've seen it, man. And it actually took me back the first time. They're like, no, nah, I just need to worship. I need to do this. I need to get up there in front of like 200 other people that are probably fine or not. And just like, wow, God is amazing. There's something so profound about doing something that's like opposite to how we feel when all hell is breaking loose around us. To stand and make the choice to worship and declare his goodness. You know, man, it's like, man, what do you sing that song? 
I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. You know, it's even when he said, what is, it says it somewhere, he talks about, he, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, what's interesting to me is he never actually, like, or he doesn't seem to be too concerned about actually removing the enemy before he does it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it was me, I'd be like, deal with the enemy and then prepare a feast so we can all chill and enjoy this. But God is like, no, I'm gonna make you a delicious feast of peace and rest and joy and all this stuff right in the most chaotic part of your life. And you can, you, you know, it's sitting there, you can enjoy it if you want. You know, and I love this, this Bill Johnson quote, or it's kind of like this statement he makes about worship. And I know like, you know, it sounds kind of hardcore, but I just, I feel it today, I don't know. He says, you know, we can come here with all kinds of opportunities, great open doors and favor. We come with all kinds of challenges. We come with all kinds of problems and we come with all kinds of stuff to, to a, like a corporate gathering. And he says, and I'd like it if there was any way you could just do this, is just stick all of it right in front of you. And he's like, you know, we don't need greater strategies, although I believe in it, but we need him. We need the almighty God to be so present upon us, with us, in us, through us, all around us. So this is the picture. So I want you to take everything that you can think of that you are facing, that's a challenge, that's an impossibility, and I want you to look at it solid. Because see, faith isn't pretending the problem's not there. It's seeing it and like, you know, eyeballing it. But then he says, so I want you to look at it solid then I want you to begin to declare that our God is a God of miracles. And I'm telling you, there's something about that kind of worship. It's not strivy and it's not like weird. It's like, yeah, no, I've got these problems and I'm in the context of worship. I am bringing it right here, right in front of me. I'm gonna look at it and then I'm gonna say, God is good. God is amazing, yeah? Man, it's focusing and declaring the greater reality, because there is realities around us, right? But you know, there is the superior reality. And somehow our faith is like the thing that actually jumps us out of one reality into the next. So, worship is focus of our heart, mind, and our words, right? So I wanna just quickly talk about, how are you doing for time? Solid. <laughs> My biggest problem is usually actually having, like, talking for long enough, so I hope we're doing all right. Um, so I wanted to just, like, give just three quick little points just about how I personally like to prepare for worship or just at least three kind of, like, keys or, like, ideas or perspectives or even, like, the posture I like to take as I'm approaching worship. And I know, like, this is obviously for me, a lot of the time it's in the context of worshiping corporately with all of us guys, but I think it can relate to any of it. So the first one, number one, it was a statement that came out somewhere in one of the meetings, church meetings I was at here. I don't know who said it, but it was the idea that there is no separation. So when I am approaching worship with God, the first thing I like to realize and recognize that there is no separation. Say that for me. There is no separation. So... I don't know if you can realize, like this was kind of my experience, that in worship there can be times, and again, it's like this unspoken kind of concept or feeling that God is somehow like way out there somewhere, 
and we're all kind of like the little people over here crying out to our big faraway God, hoping to get some attention from him. And maybe, just maybe, if our praise is loud enough, maybe like we'll get him to kind of just like look at us for a second or something. And hopefully he might hear us. Can anyone relate to that? Is that just me that experienced that as a kid? Or as like an individual? Man, the only one, shivers. This is a problem. <laughs> you know, I spent many years, and it's, you know, it's just because of a lack of understanding, seeing worship like this. But I think it's one of the most profound things to realize that there is no separation. So I'm going to read Hebrews 10.21 says, and now we are, oh, yeah, from 19 actually. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. Boldly, everyone say boldly, with no hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life, a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free, everyone say free, and fresh access to him. Your access to Jesus is free and it's fresh, whatever that means. <laughs> And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart. Everyone say open heart. Fully convinced by faith. Not fully convinced because I feel like it or it's feeling right today. That nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Nothing. Nothing will keep you at a distance from him. For our hearts, and this is the why, have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean, unstained and presentable to God inside and out. Say this for me. I am presentable to God inside and out. Boldly, no hesitation, open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. This is how I like to approach God. You know, he's not far away and I'm not crying out to some kind of distant God. Let me give you a quick picture of this. I need two volunteers. Oh man, actually let's go. I'm gonna go Mark and Nate. Can you do it for me, bro? I know you're hanging out in the back there. Come on, bro. Can I get you to come up here, bro? Let's go, I need two volunteers. Come stand on the stage over here. <laughs> all right, so we're going to just do like a picture. All right, so what does the Bible say? It says that we are what, or we are in Christ, right? So this is kind of our position. So I need you guys to hug as closely as you can together just to kind of give us a picture, a picture. But you've got to stay like that, all right? Hold it, hold it. It's going to get awkward, but then you'll, you'll, you'll push through it and it'll be great. All right, so these guys are one for the purpose of this example, right? Okay. Now, if I kind of say, hey, guys, stop talking. <laughs> Draw near to each other, guys. How do you get closer to someone that you're inside? How can you like, anyway, sorry, thank you, guys. Yeah, that was just for fun. Whoa. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Thank you, guys. You're amazing. All right, but you see, it's like, and I get like, you know, we're talking about there can be all these like words and terms we use. Like, I actually feel like 
a potentially more accurate idea is like when we're talking about like pressing in or going further or like that, it's more about recentering our internal compass and focus on Him. We're not actually getting any closer to Him. We're not actually like, you know what I mean? And like Psalm 16, 8 says, because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. And seriously, sometimes you just need to say that to yourself. <laughs> because you are close to me and God is always available. Always means always. I'm sure it even does in the Greek. He is always available to us. There's no separation. I'm a son. I have full access. I have his ear. He hears me. He speaks to me. My expectation is that he will always have something to say to me. He will always be ready to encounter me and speak. And gosh, we're not vying for his attention. Do you know you have God's full attention? This is, that's the, one of the first things, the way I'm, when I approach worship, I'm like, I'm not reaching out to some God out there somewhere. Like he's right here with me. And I'm going to sing about him. I'm going to fix my thoughts on him. I'm going to engage with him and let him speak back to me. You know, that, that to me is a big part of what worship is. Now, number two, the second one is called, is yieldedness. Now, I realize that's actually probably not even a word. Unless that, like it's a Christian kind of ease word because I looked it up and I couldn't find it actually anywhere. But yieldedness, like just roll with me here. I believe this is one of the most profound acts of worship that, we, that I can think of. It's so important as a worship leader, but I think also as a Christian. Now, I read a, a post by Jeremy Riddle. How many know who Jeremy Riddle is? And he, he kind of did like a little post on this, I think really speaks to it. So I just want to read it to you guys. He says, I'm almost amused at how many processes we go through, skill sets we develop, leadership tools we accrue, labor-intensive seasons we've, we wade through, only to discover the key all along was yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. I mean, does anyone else find it ironic how many years of striving it takes to learn how to finally give up? To surrender and simply yield. Maybe it's just me. I find we want revival. We want a move of the Spirit. We want worship that is led by the Spirit to see the greater things, to see heaven invade earth. But we simultaneously fail to yield our agendas, our plans, our production, so we see very little. We love to quote the verse, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. But if we really want something accomplished by the Spirit, it requires us setting aside our might, our power, and yielding to His. And I let you, I'll let you in on a little secret. We don't like to do that. It makes us uncomfortable, it makes it's unpredictable, and it can make us appear foolish. It puts things out of our hands and out of our control, and we generally avoid that. Personally, I don't think the biggest obstacle to a demonstration of the Spirit and of power in the church today is rooted in a theological opposition, so much as a fear of relinquishing control. No yielding equals no power. Spiritual maturity is someone who has learned to yield to the Holy Spirit, to wait, to listen, to hear, and to obey. Spiritual maturity is someone who has learned to yield to the Holy Spirit, to wait, listen, hear, and obey. You know, I think this is perhaps, 
in some ways, one of the biggest goals that we have as a worship team is that at the end of the day, man, with all the practice, all the preparation, all the hard work, and we don't apologize for asking them to do it either. Like, we believe in it. We believe in being prepared and working hard and getting the, being the best we can, right? But at the end of the day, our number one priority is to hold all of that hard work, all that practice kind of like this and be like, all right, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? That to me is a successful worship team, is a team that can go, like we got all this stuff and we could do our agenda and our thing, but we're like, hey, what do you want to do, Holy Spirit? Like that's the reason why we linger, right? Because like, like why we don't just like charge from song to song to song all the time, you know, if you feel to, for sure. But I think it's so much about just putting kind of all the stuff aside, even like, you know, and stepping past the discomfort or like the kind of the awkwardness sometimes, like taking a risk is to use language we like to use in worship team. It's like sometimes it's like, it can be like, man, I just feel like God's doing something and I just can't move on. But, you know, kind of people looking at you a little bit, it's like, it's kind of like there can be that tension there. But I feel like, this is like one of the biggest things that we need to do. You know, often in those quiet moments of lingering, you know, I can, you can see it, it's like you can even sort of see people kind of looking around like, who's gonna like tell us what to do next at times? You know, it's like, oh, this is like kind of getting weird. But I tell you, you know how our heart is for all of us? Is that in those moments, that is your opportunity, like it is ours, to center your own focus and start leading yourself in worship. Start like opening, opening your mouth a little bit and just being like, kind of like, it's like right now I don't need someone to lead me in worship. And it's not like, you know, weird rebellion, but it's like, no, no, right now, like together, I'm with all my people and God's doing something. It's just kind of this moment. I'm just going to start declaring who he is and start building into like what he wants to do here. Like, Holy Spirit, what are you wanting to say to us? What do you want to say to the person next to me? Like, and, and start to like actually have this intentionality in those moments. And you know, honestly, the real goal is like the more the, the glory kind of increases, the less necessary the leadership side of, from the worship team is necessary. It's kind of like, honestly, the goal is like kind of doing it. And then it's like the point where God kind of just takes over. I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to like all stop and walk off stage or anything, but it's like, like it doesn't need us to kind of, he just kind of steps in. I've seen it a couple of times, man. It's like the most amazing thing is where he just starts to like, take over the worship service. And like, that is, that is what we're so after. You know, because in those moments, it's not about a person. It's not about the right song or the right words or someone saying the right thing or doing the right thing. It's just like a group of people all pressing in, focusing in on him together. It's, and I feel like, man, I tell you, I feel like that's the kind of thing that is gonna release so much breakthrough in this place. It's not like a super anointed one person or like, a, like, it's like a group of people that just want God for God. God. <laughs> Man, it's what I want. You know, I'm not interested in playing it safe. You know, our worship, we're not interested in just playing it safe and going through the motions. We want to see him move. Man, and to have his way and do whatever he wants without restriction. And personally, I think you know, this yieldedness idea, it's one of the most powerful things any of us can do every single day.
is just to live a life that's surrendered to Holy Spirit. I mean, like, man, that's worship. Just like every day, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What are your thoughts for me today? What do you say about me? What do you say about the people next to me? And you know, being obedient to that voice, oh my gosh, Christine, that word, being obedient to his voice, even when we don't understand, when it's hard, man, that is worship. Following the voice of God. Psalm 50, 15 actually says, honor me by trusting in me in your day of trouble. When you trust God, when you choose to go like, nah, man, this looks crazy, but nah, I'm gonna trust in God. That's bringing honor to him. Your trust in him releases honor to him. Man. The last thought I just wanna leave you guys with in terms of all this is I think one of the biggest things I wanna do aside from, you know, realizing no separation, I wanna be yielded and just surrendered. It's just the idea of like simplicity. Because, you know, worship can look like a ton of different things. It can be like high and holy raw dance party, whatever. And it can be like everyone's silent and just waiting. It can be all kinds of stuff. It can be like electronic, acoustic, whatever. But I think ultimately it just has to be about him. It just, it's just like it has to be, man, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> it has to just be about him. It's not about us making a name for ourselves or any other thing. It's just about him. <laughs> Man, I'm just so, it's the truth because you know what? He's Lord. And when you see him clear, you don't need to be inspired to worship. The most natural response that you can have when you see him clear is like, oh my gosh. Like, he loves us, man. And he's all about the hugs and everything else, but he's also Lord. He's the king. He's in charge. And man, I tell you, there's something about, and I don't know why, but I feel like in this city, there's something about giving him the reverence and the worth and the honor that's due his name. You know, not even because he's done something for us. And I know he does, and it's worth praising and doing all that. There's something about this, this single-minded pursuit of just, my gosh, you're worthy. Whether things happen for me or don't, whether I get the answer or not, you are worthy. And nothing is going to change that for me. I'm telling you, that is the kind of community I want to be a part of. And you know what? The times I forget it, I want to be reminded about it by people that love me enough to call me back up. And say, hey, what are you sitting down there wallowing in your pain and all your problems? Pick your eyes up, come with me, and let's worship God. And prophesy about what's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's simple. You know what? A really good case, anytime worship starts getting complicated for you, it's probably a good like, indicator that something's off. It's not hard for a son to look at his father and say, I love you. Like, what does it take? And how do you, like, how do you rate if that was good or not? Doesn't come into it, you know what I mean? I love you, God. Done. Whew. And you know, I think for me personally, 
excuse me. It's getting really bad. I need a tissue. Just don't tell anyone. This is embarrassing. Like, thanks, man. Love you too. I think for me, and like, hopefully hear this in the right heart, that success in worship, for me personally, like when I'm at home by myself, like we had a crazy great night Friday night, like lots of cool stuff, but success for me in worship isn't about what actually happens externally. Like when I like to kind of just, you know, get with the Lord, although that's, all that stuff is awesome, like hear me. But I like to kind of go like, hey, during that time, like where was my focus internally? Was I going through the motions? And again, it's not about judgment. He's not going to slap me or anything weird. But like, I want to steward the opportunity of like, oh my gosh, I get 45 minutes or an hour with a bunch of people once or twice a week to just fix and center all my attention on this guy and tell him he's amazing. Remind myself who he is. Sing with all my people who he is. I think that to me, you know, was I present? You know, in the age of like distraction or whatever, I'm not going to rant about social media because I'm sure there's good things to it, right? But like there's so much stuff that wants your attention. And like all that, like it can all be good as long as it doesn't have you. Like where, and this is what I want to say, it's like, where is the affection of your heart today? No one's going to know. No one else is going to, like, you don't have to answer or whatever. But you know, where is your heart right now? And if it's not where you want to be, then gosh, ask him to help you. Ask for him to make you hungry if you're not hungry. You know, and I think, like, I want to, I'm so passionate to see, you know, I know, I just feel, in some ways, I just feel like it's a done deal. This place is going to, is going to explode. This worship and the atmosphere that we're hungry and chasing for, it's going to happen. It's a matter of time. And it can look like it might go like this or like this or whatever. But we're not going to quit and we're not going to change the subject. We want Him. Because you know what they're all going to do when they encounter Him. My gosh, sometimes He doesn't even need an introduction. Anyway. So, I just want to encourage you guys, challenge you guys, whatever, that you would pay some attention to where this guy's at, where this is at, and what's happening here. And don't, for a second, be all, like, condemned and guilty. That's weird. Like, that's not going to work, actually. But, like, have a value for for it enough that you're going to care to actually like, like to, to want to actually have some adjustment in that area if you need to. And let's all remember, when we take our time together, my gosh, what happens when we all start the set, you know, realizing no separation, I'm a son, he hears me. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Just be yielded. And let's just keep this simple, hey? No matter how crazy it gets, how cool it can get or whatever, all the stuff, let's just keep this about him. And my gosh, let's see what he wants to do. So um, 
yeah, have we got communion sort of happening? So I feel like I just wanted to like, just to close, I'm kind of done, I think. Um, but I just wanted us, if, if you wouldn't mind, just to practice this for a second, you know, without music or that, or like if you want to jump up in a sec, but to facilitate the next moment you can, but I just want to actually take just like a couple of seconds or a few minutes. Are we, are we okay? One minute. All right, hectic. Um, I want to just take just a couple of seconds. Can we all like practice this together? Like just for like, I'm just going to like sing a chorus or something or whatever. Can we all just in our own way, like let's just center our minds, our hearts, and our words on him just for a couple of seconds together. There's no agenda. It's not like we're hoping something crazy happens. If it does, great. But let's just worship him for a second all together real simply and just love him and give him the worth that he deserves. Is that okay? Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.